Spirituality gets a lot of side-eye these days, and admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, all you wonderful humans out there. Welcome back to another episode of Not That Crazy. It's Caitlin. It's your girl. <laughs> just hanging out. I am so thrilled that you're here, whether this is your first time listening. If so, welcome. I am absolutely stoked that you stumbled on my little corner of the universe here. <laughs> or if you have tuned in before, welcome back. I am so grateful that you keep coming back and listening in. And today's episode, I, as always, per usual, am very excited about. This is, you know, if you've listened to some of my solos, you've heard some of my story and particularly a couple of my guests, um, you've heard a similar kind of inroad to spirituality right? That this physical healing journey that a few of us embark on, or that many of us I'll say embark on, the sort of health crisis situation is, like I said, how many of us kind of enter this space. But today you're going to hear a different perspective on, you know, how you get into spirituality. We mentioned in this episode that there are many ways, and I think I've mentioned this in other episodes too, it's not just health that can bring you to this space. It can be your career. It can be relationships. And today you're going to hear about mental health specifically as the way that our guest today, Jamie, got into spirituality and energetics and all of the things. Similar to what you may have heard in previous episodes about kind of the health journey, her mental health journey um, really started with her trying to figure out her own stuff. So, you know, she struggled with anxiety, depression, was in and out of therapy when she was younger, and eventually turned to becoming a psychologist herself in order to, you know, understand herself better, try to answer some of the questions she had about why she was feeling certain things and experiencing, you know, some of the anxiety, depression, emotional issues, all of the things. And you know, in working with clients, she worked in schools as a psychologist. So, you know, her experience not only in trying to heal herself, but also in working with others, she became a little bit disillusioned. And these, you know, rigorous scientific, you know, well-respected methodologies that she had learned in her education weren't really working the way that she understood that they were going to or maybe hoped that they would. And so you'll hear in this episode you know, her personal journey with mental health, her work with her clients, and eventually what she kind of landed on as a an energy worker herself, um, someone who really focuses on emotions and emotional processing um, emotions, as if you've listened to, <laughs> I feel like most of the episodes at this point, we touch on emotions a lot because they are so, so, so key and crucial, um, you know, not just managing them, but how to actually work with them and honor them and ask questions around them. And, you know, they really are our teachers. And so learning to see them as that. So without further ado, I'll let you get into the episode. We talk about all sorts of good stuff. So I hope you enjoy. 
and I will see you on the other side for my last little farting snapshot musing of the day. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Jamie. I will see you on the other side. We're live. (laughs) Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm super excited. Yeah, it should be really good. It should be fun. And um, the way I like to start out with all my guests, I have two questions for you. So the first one is, what is something that you are just really loving lately? You know, it could be a book, a podcast, something tangible, something not tangible, really anything. Okay. <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, um, but actually I've been obsessed with puffable oil lately. I love that. Like for everything. Like like what? Like <laughs> Okay. Like skin, so I, obviously, yeah. For like, yeah. So okay. like, I use it as like a makeup remover. Okay. And an oil cleanser. Love it. And then I also use it as a moisturizer for like face and body. Have you noticed like a change in your skin? My skin is so much less irritated and just softer. Because mm. I know jojoba is supposed to be more like your skin's natural oils, right? Yeah. So it doesn't clog your pores. Like it doesn't make you break out. Um, and it just really like sinks in nicely, which I find with other oils doesn't always happen. Hmm. Um, so it's like, I feel like it was exactly what my skin was needing because before it was kind of like irritated and like dry. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I just, I'm buying like huge jugs of jojoba oil now. <laughs> I feel like I need to hop on this bandwagon then. because <laughs> It's so good. And it's good for your hair too, especially like if you want to put it on your, like the ends of your hair before you wash it Mm. to keep them from getting dried out. This is so smart. I think you just Mm -hmm. changed my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is why I love having podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And second question is what's something that you're super fired up about other than jojoba oil, it sounds like, but (sighs) um, yeah, something that just really got you going lately. So there's always a lot of things. (laughs) Fair. But One of the things really that I've been really fired up about recently is um, the world of energy healing and how we are not all able to still like release labels, release like programming, limiting beliefs as energy healers and like looking at like all the different things that energy healing and like energy work can be and the different ways that we can use it. I am intrigued already. (laughs) So before we get into that, I think where we should start, because obviously you are uh, an energy healer yourself, um, but I think you have a really interesting backstory of how you got into all of this. So I would love for you to share with the audience, the community, um, kind of some of your story, your background transitioning into energy healing, you know, where you came from and where you are now. Um, And then we'll kind of circle back to some of that because I think that background and context would be really helpful for people before we dive in there. So, yeah. So, as you said, I am now an energy healer. I work mainly with other energy healers in my practice through different services and resources. But before I transitioned into working as an energy healer, I was a psychologist, um, specifically a school psychologist. And I kind of went through a a healing journey of my own that started early on in my life with 
you know, physical symptoms, emotional symptoms. I, I had a lot of pretty intense emotional symptoms, a lot of depression, anxiety, really intense mood swings. Um, since I was a teenager, basically. So in my personal life, I was on this kind of journey to figure that out and to heal that. And that's kind of how I found my way to psychology, <laughs> as many of us do, I think. I became a psychologist. And at the same time, I was still kind of struggling to really understand my emotions in a way that allowed me to heal my relationship with them. Um, what I was learning as a psychologist was not really, didn't resonate with me at all. So what I mean by that is that it just didn't always feel quite right. And I didn't know why, but something just felt off about what I was learning about emotional health, mental health, and how we can treat it. But I thought, you know, this is a science. This is what I'm being told by all the experts and professionals. Like I'm going to believe them and was hoping that the things that I was learning um, in school, that once I was able to actually apply them with clients would lead to healing clients, which is what I, I ultimately wanted to do. But as I began to practice as a, as a psychologist, I quickly realized that most of the strategies and things that I learned in my training uh, were not really helping anyone. <laughs> and I don't want to say that traditional methods can't work for anyone. I think for a lot of people they do, but they really need to be taken into a more holistic plan and way of viewing what our emotions are and our mental health in general. I became very disillusioned with my job, with the field. And at the same time, my physical symptoms, emotional symptoms were getting worse. So I was on my own path to healing. And I, in my own personal journey, after becoming a, becoming a psychologist and doing that work and trying to figure it out that way, then I went to the physical route. So I started looking into physical root causes, you know, of emotional imbalances and all that. And I was led to, you know, all the wellness things and eventually decided that I wanted to be a health coach. <laughs> As we do. <laughs> because, yeah, because I was like, oh, this is it. This is the thing. It's physical. It's food. It's lifestyle. It's this. And of course, if that's all important. But at the time I was like, oh, okay, I found the answer. Here it is. And so I became certified as a health coach, was starting to try to build my health coaching business while still working as a psychologist. Um, but things just still weren't feeling like the right fit for me. Eventually, I decided to get business coaching. My mentor business coach was providing energy healing as a part of that. And the first time I received an energy healing session, it was like all of my innate kind of gifts and like connection to myself all of a sudden opened up. So I guess you could call that like where my spiritual awakening started. And from there, it was only a matter of months before I was leaving my full-time job as a psychologist and working as an energy healer full-time. Yeah. And, and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zero to a hundred real quick there at the end. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I love it. It was like you just a few months, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What I think is so interesting about your story, though, I, I mean, I've had a couple of previous guests on the show who their path has been much more similar to my own, where it starts with the physical 
healing, the physical symptoms, which you obviously mentioned that you had as well. But what I think is so interesting for the listeners is hearing the almost different avenue into all of this, because it's not just health that gets us into it. It's not just even you know, mental health, which is a whole different aspect of it. It could also be, you know, career or any of these different avenues to have the quote unquote spiritual awakening, if you even want to call it that, you know, I feel like there's some resistance out there to that term in general. I've, I've explored the concept of, you know, spirituality on the show and how that's kind of been hijacked. So I think it's just really interesting to hear the mental health perspective as the inroad because they're a little more familiar with the the health maybe being the inroad. So I would love to explore a couple of the ways, the strategies, you know, you mentioned some of these things that you learned in your trainings um, and your education, this formalized education that you went through for psychology, that these weren't working necessarily, or, you know, you weren't seeing progress for yourself or for, you know, the people that you were working with in your own practice. So I would love to maybe give just a couple of examples so people can kind of understand what you're talking about when you're talking about these strategies that weren't actually beneficial in the way you were taught to believe they would be. Yeah, for sure. So I, working as a psychologist, I worked, you know, in the mental health field in varying capacities over the, you know, for over a decade. So I worked with different types of people, but I always tended to work with people who were very severely impaired by their symptoms. So I worked with, you know, adults who were struggling with symptoms of mental illness to the point where they could not live on their own. I worked with children with autism where their, you know, experience of that, it was severe enough that they were not able to go to, you know, a typical public school, or maybe even were not able to live at home with their parents. And I've also worked with adults with developmental disabilities and and brain injuries. So I really kind of spanned populations, but I was always working with people who were struggling at like the most intense level that you could imagine with each symptom. So I think for me, it made it very, very apparent that the things I was learning as treatment was not actually treatment. And they were just like band-aids put on top of symptoms or put on top of behaviors. So for example, um, in working with children with autism, one of the most, well, the most widely accepted way to work with an individual with autism is through behavior modification. So essentially you are trying to train certain behaviors that you want to see in a person as an alternative to the detrimental behaviors that they may have. But what I quickly began to notice is that for many of the students that I was working with, while they might improve in some of their outward behaviors, I was seeing no improvement in what their experience of life was. So from the outside, it may have looked like they were improving, but tuning into their own internal world and their emotional world, which is something that I was doing naturally, which I I didn't, you know, realize what I was doing at the time. I am, I am an Mm -hmm. empath. I could just feel and know that their internal world was not getting any better for them. They were not experiencing the world differently. That's one example. And then I would say 
in my work with clients with more severe mental health issues, we're taught a lot about talk therapy, as well as things like uh, trying to retrain the way that we think. But if you are just trying to do that without addressing any of the root causes of mental health symptoms or the emotional you know, disturbances that are happening, you're just running around in circles. And you just keep trying to manage things, keep trying to manage things, keep trying to manage things. One of the things that I saw happen across the board for every population that I worked with was that the longer someone was in treatment and in therapy, the more hopeless they felt. And it was like this energy of, I've been doing all the things that all my therapists, all my you know teachers are telling me to do. I'm going to therapy. I'm doing the things I'm trying so hard but I'm not feeling any better. I still have emotions that are coming up and derailing me. And I don't know why I'm not, you know, what it is about me that's wrong with me that I can't make it stop when everyone is telling me that this is the treatment that works. Yeah. And that's like the opposite result of what you would hope for is not to end up being more hopeless, but to end up being more hopeful and and to actually see some tangible improvement. I'm actually thinking of a friend I was having a conversation recently with and she's having that exact experience. It's like, why can't I fix this? I should be able to figure this out. And she's been in therapy for, I think, over a year, something like that. And it it feels better in the moment to get the feelings out and to get the thoughts out. And I I have nothing against therapy. I want to make that super clear. I think they're really excellent therapists out there. I think, you know, a lot of people are really helped by it. I think, you know, all the things go out, try it. Everybody should have the space to be able to talk and share and, and all the things. But I'm seeing right in front of me this example of of someone who is just such a kind, lovely human being who's just more hopeless than she has been in a long time, despite doing all these things that, you know, we're kind of told and, and conditioned that are supposed to make us better. Um, Uh which is just really, it's really unfortunate. And it, it, I think it does point to, you know, this is not just, you give an example, I've given an example. It's definitely not isolated to that. And again, really clear, there are excellent therapists out there. It does help a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to be clear as well that I'm not saying that none of these therapies and treatments work or that, but it's, you have to look at it for what it is and People need to have a better understanding of what talk therapy, for example, can do. Yeah. What can it do and what is it not going to do? Because it is beneficial. You know, you find the right therapist, that can be a lifeline. That is a lifeline for many people. And everyone should have access to that lifeline. Absolutely. Yeah. It can also be amazing for helping you to maintain your emotional health over time. Yeah. But more often than not, it is not getting at the root of the problem. People go into that treatment thinking it's going to heal the root of the problem. Yeah. It's amazing being on the other side of this, you know, you and I different pathways for it, but understanding, you know, the emotional, really energetics, for lack of a better word, how that plays a role, literally the physical health, you know, my, my thoughts and my anxiety aren't just driven by my mind. They're driven by my environment and what I'm putting in my body and what I'm putting on my body and all of these different things that there really is not education around. It's everything is very siloed in our society. And so 
Um, maybe you can use kind of some of your own story, because I know you mentioned when you were telling us about your background that you had your own, you know, kind of experiences in childhood, difficulty regulating your own emotions. And then you kind of went the physical route and eventually ended up in the energetic route. And now everything's a little bit more holistic, but maybe you can kind of help illustrate for people with your own story, um, your own kind of search for the root cause and eventually where you've ended up and, and your perspective on things now um, to give that kind of personal um, stamp on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, as, as I shared, I started out kind of exploring the traditional psychology route. So, you know, when I was a teenager and young adult, I did see therapists. There were time periods when I was taking psychoactive medication. None of that ever worked for me. I had horrible reactions to the medication. Um, and I didn't feel like I was getting to anywhere in, you know, traditional talk therapy. So I didn't stay in that for long. But as I began training as a psychologist, I started you know, I was hoping to understand, uh, to gain a better understanding of what my emotions like were and why I was having them. And, but I was also still like in the mindset of how do I control my emotions and not have the bad ones, right? I'm saying bad with air quotes. That's what I thought emotional health and mental health was, was like how to cut off those things. You know, I never really found any success trying to implement the information or anything that I learned as a psychologist into my own personal life. But I did start feeling like, well, all these experts say that these are the things that work for people. Like this is the number one most researched technique for dealing with anxiety, you know, for example. And I'm using it. I'm learning about it. I'm a trained professional in it now. Like, why isn't this working for me? So that was part of that disillusionment was also within my own personal healing journey. And then I was always interested in like nutrition theory and it's going to sound totally unrelated, but there was this book that I read that like sparked something within me that I was like, Oh, nutrition is a part of this. Like physiology is really a part of this. It was called (laughs) eat fat, get thin by Dr. Mark Hyman. I don't know if you know the book. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't read it. It was like something just unlocked within me. This like knowing of like, okay, start following this path now. You have to start looking at the food that you're eating and and all of this. So the more that I started researching that and really getting into that, really looking at the food that I was eating, getting more to like a whole foods based diet. And then eventually doing all the like more extreme, you know, like keto for a long time, was like afraid of carbs for a long time, all that. (laughs) Same. (laughs) As we all were, you know. But the health space on itself has some (laughs) own own issues. You know, every space does, every space does. So when I started to really pay attention to the food that I was eating and just get rid of like the junk and stay, pay attention to the products that I was using, you know, the personal care products and just getting all the junk out. I felt my, my physical symptoms and my emotional symptoms started to balance out. So they didn't get totally better, but it was to a point where I was feeling better enough that I was like, this is, you know, this is significant improvement for me. So I felt like I had found the answer. (laughs) And that's when I became certified as a health 
coach, but I, I hit a wall with that as well. You know, after a certain amount of time, I just, everything started to come back again. And I think part of it was that in my career, you know, no longer was in alignment for me, but the emotional symptom just came back full swing. You know, at this point, I'm really like, what the hell else could I be doing? Like, I'm a fucking, excuse me. Excuse my language. <laughs> you can swear. I'm, okay. <laughs> like, I'm oh. a fucking psychologist and I'm an integrated nutrition health coach and I can't get this shit under control. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Like what is so broken within me that all these things that everyone is saying are the things that I need aren't doing it. And I was still looking at emotions as something to manage or cut off as completely as possible. Unless they were like really amazing emotions, you know, like, (laughs) yes. Do I want to feel happy? Yes. Do I want to feel joy? Yes. Those things I was like, yes, I want to feel them. How do I stop everything else? And like waves would hit me of other emotions, you know, fear, insecurity, doubt, anxiety, depression, hopelessness. And every time that would happen, I would just get deeper and deeper into this cycle of thinking, what's wrong with me? Judging my experience. Like, why can't I fix this? And just judging myself more and more for having that experience. And it wasn't until I entered the world of energetics where I started to be able to understand the root causes of some of these things. So that is where my emotional healing journey like really took off because I was able to start to pinpoint where these things were coming from and heal that at a root level, you know, via energy healing and other methods, um, you know, energetic energy work methods. Um, so that was going, going great. And then the thing that has finally clicked it all together for me now is understanding what emotions actually are, what they are here to teach us, what they are here to show us, how to start speaking the language of my emotions and honoring them, all of them, whatever they are, and then using them to actively improve my life rather than always just trying to like find and release any emotion that I don't want to have. Yeah. One thing that you said as you were talking uh, a couple minutes ago was about like just managing things rather than believing that we can not have to manage them anymore. I mean, I guess, and even to what you were just saying, like it it is managing, but in a different sense, like there's this hopelessness that I feel like, you know, for example, with anxiety, when people talk about their anxiety, it's like, how do I just manage this? How do I live with it in such a way that I can, you know, survive and exist and do the best that I can do rather than thinking like, can I possibly exist without this or have this be something that sure? I mean, I used to be a highly anxious person. I thought I was just going to have to live with it. I don't live with it anymore. I don't associate with being, you know, a person that has anxiety. Sure, I have moments where I am anxious, but I am not an anxious person. And so I just think it's really interesting. Like, this is a conversation that I'm really passionate about changing in society as a whole with our health, with our mental health, like physical health and mental health, that these things aren't things that we necessarily just have to live with and manage. 
if we're willing to keep asking and keep digging and keep looking for the root cause. So I think there's really something to be said for, you know, the, the tenacity and just the um, almost unwillingness just to settle for an experience that isn't what you want to have. So I almost want to like commend mm-hmm. you, you know, for, you. for yeah, because <laughs> I mean, so many people don't, so many people are just like, this is just how it's going to have to be. Um, and you know, you and I are two examples of it doesn't have to be like that. And on top of that, I would love for you to explain a little bit of your experience and understanding of emotions now, um, because that's such a huge focus for you in your practice and working with other healers. And so just start to explain a little bit more about, you know, what you've come to know and understand about them, how you work with them, um, all of that to, to give people some, you know, context and background. Mm-hmm. So emotions are really just another form of energy, right? Like everything is energy. Okay. Like we're going (laughs) to get a little woo woo here, but really when it comes down to it, there's just another form of energy, right? And they can move through us. They can come into our body from other places. They can get stuck there. We can generate our own emotions. We can project them out to other people they're always kind of emotions are always trying to move we'll say they're trying to flow just like any other energy wants to flow so we can have a lot of issues if we restrict that flow and we kind of get them like stuck in our bodies it can cause symptoms you know and I think that is spoken about a lot in the world of like energy healing, this idea of like emotions that are trapped or stuck in the body and, and what that can do to you. One of the things that I don't see talked about as much is how do we actually learn from our emotions and what are they, why do we have them? Humans are really (laughs) only like beings that have the capacity to experience emotions the way that we do. And I believe it's a superpower for us. And we just don't know it. And we're like told to be afraid of our emotions, to manage them, to shut them off, not be emotional, all that bullshit. Because we don't actually understand that they're here for us to help us. It is an energy that can show you where something is out of alignment in your life. It can point you either towards or away from something that is for you or isn't for you. It can help you to understand where you have deeper wounds or trauma that you need to deal with. And it serves to enrich your life and your experience in general. So they can give us so much information if we look at them as information that is showing up for us to help us, I think is the first thing. The other part of it is that there's a lot of talk right now about like releasing emotion, which is important, but it still kind of makes it seem like some emotions are bad, some emotions are good, and we just need to release bad emotions that they like can't really do anything much for us, so we just have to release them. But in my work and what I found um, just through my own experience is that we can actually take these emotions, I'll call them, they're like lower vibration emotions, the emotions that, you know, typically we'll label as like bad, uncomfortable, painful ones that we don't want to be feeling. We can actually take those, 
you know, we can do all of the learning from them. Like, why are they here? What are they there to teach us, to show us? And then instead of just being like, okay, I'm done with you. Like I'm letting you go back out into the universe. You can actually shift the vibration of that emotion to something that better suits you to an emotion that you actually want to embody to help you fully heal. And you can hold that and reincorporate that energy back into your system for amplified healing. It also, (laughs) this is, this is something that I'm passionate about is this, like, I call it like alchemizing emotions. So it's basically changing it from kind of one vibration to another vibration. So you can use that to really power your manifestations, to amplify your healing, you know, to make yourself more magnetic, to to help you embody more of the way that you actually want to feel. Cause that can be something that can be really difficult as if you're used to feeling like shit all the time, like understanding, uh, what it feels like to have different emotions that you want. It can help you with that. And it also just helps kind of lighten the load for like the rest of the world emotionally, because instead of just taking like all this pain that you were holding onto and just releasing it, like it's going somewhere else, you can change it into something higher, something more vibrant, something more uplifting. And whether you choose to like use that for yourself or to let that go out into the universe, that also, you know, allows you to do your part of like just transmuting collective energy in general. Yeah, I love that. Something that was kind of coming through for me as you were talking about like, what are they, right? Like just their energy. I was actually thinking of my mom's MS as a way to kind of illustrate this, right? So, you know, if you think of the nervous system or even like the wiring in your house, like because that's, you know, a a good parallel to the nervous system too, you're sending these signals from, you know, if we're talking about my mom's MS as an example, it's we're sending signals from the brain to different parts of the body, right? But and in in a normal body, these signals are just flowing freely. They're they're able to get to where they're going. Um, you know, bouncing signals back and forth, all the things, which is how emotions run, you know, quote unquote, normally. They're, they're signals between us and the environment, between us and other people, all of that sort of thing. And, and when they're operating, you know, quote unquote, correctly, for lack of a better word, they are able to just bounce and, and move and transmute and run freely. But in the example of my mom's MS, right, the, the signals that are going from her brain to, for instance, her right foot they're impeded. They're not getting there cleanly. So the signal is not able to do what it's supposed to do for her and her body. And I think that's a good example, a good parallel to draw and to kind of help illustrate for people what it's like when we're not really in full allowance of our emotions. It's We're, we're impeding the signal. And I think you were um, mentioning this so beautifully that it's like, it's feedback from the the environment, from our life, you know, from other people about what's aligned for us, what's correct for us, what's not. And that's not that the bad emotions, the frustration, the bitterness, the anger, those are not bad things, quote unquote. It's not to judge them. It's just feedback that, oh, this isn't working for me. So how do I redirect? Um, And, you know, to your point about transmuting it, it's, I think of the example of grief, like, and this came up for me this week, right? Like I'm grieving um, this specific situation, I'm not going to get too far into it, but, but this grief is coming up and it's, it's a way for me to empty out and really release it. Right. 
But instead of sitting in the grief when it comes up and like, I'm so sad, woe is me, this situation, you know, gonna leave it, but, but whatever. Instead of sitting in the grief around the situation, right? I am choosing to allow my grief, experience my grief, but then take that as a reminder of how deeply I loved. So I'm in this, you know, conversation with grief, with my grief about this one situation. I'm changing and that doesn't mean I don't still feel sad about it but I'm changing the grief to love and instead of sitting in the grief I'm then sitting in the love of the experience that I had which allows me to I mean I think that's just an example of what you were saying like transmuted into this quote-unquote higher vibration you know maybe people don't resonate with the vibration thing but it's just like you you know the experience of sadness versus love in your body and in your life and how those two different things feel and so I think that was maybe a helpful example of what it means to kind of transmute that emotion. So I'd love for you to explain a little bit how you kind of support people in doing that um, and, you know, maybe how it's worked in your own life or maybe with clients, um, just some of the ways that you can kind of help support people in this process. Yeah. So I really developed my own way of doing this first through just my own personal healing journey. And it is really this method of becoming more aware first of what what emotions am I feeling and um, allowing myself to be aware of it rather than trying to ignore them or distract myself right or numb them that's has to be the first step you have to let yourself feel it (laughs) yeah so you know that it's there and you know that you need to do something with it otherwise you're just cutting off your leg (laughs) exactly exactly And then from there, going through a process of really honoring that emotion. And for me, what that means is letting myself fully feel it and letting it move however it needs to. And that can be sometimes I need to fuck, I need to cry. I need to bawl my eyes out. I might be feeling really angry. I might need to like scream or punch a pillow or write a letter to someone that I'm angry at, you know, that I don't share with them, but to honor that energy and just allow myself to feel it and let it out. However, I need to, you know, I found that if we try to skip that step of, like you said, like sitting with it and allowing yourself to feel it, then the next steps are are not really going to work. You're going to feel still too like intensely emotional might it's it can feel too overwhelming to go into other healing work. So I always start there. And then once I feel like that is out, it doesn't feel as intense anymore, then I get into kind of digging into more of what is this emotion here to teach me? So that can be things like where did this emotion come from? Was this actually my emotion or did I pick it up from somewhere else or somebody else? Is it something that just got triggered? by something that just happened or an interaction I had or another person in my life? Is it something that's bubbling up from like when I was a kid? Is it is it related to an old security, insecurity from something that happens when I was, you know, eight years old and I got like made fun of on the playground? And just asking all of the different questions about where did this come from? Like, what is this here to show me? What do I need to know about this? until I have a full picture of why I'm feeling this way to begin with. And then once I do that, you know, I have my own practice that I use for 
pulling out the energy of that emotion and transmuting it. So I won't get in, I won't go into details on that. But part of that is that I always ask, you know, what emotion can I shift this into or transmute this into that would be the most beneficial thing for me right now to continue on in my healing? And getting that information, that gives me a lot of insight into what do I need to do moving forward in my life in the actual way that I'm living to help heal this deeper wound. Um, so it might be, so for example, I'll take your example of grief because that's now what is coming into my head. So if, I, if I'm working with grief, right, I've, I've let myself feel it, I get it out, I'm crying, I'm screaming, I'm angry, whatever it is that I'm feeling then I start, you know, questioning everything that it's there. What do I need to learn from this? And then when I ask, what should I shift this to, to help me heal? It might come to me that the thing that might be most beneficial for me is to shift this to gratitude. What that helps me with then when I'm moving on with my life and trying to really act in a way that's going to help me keep healing is this reminder that, okay, when I feel this feeling, Part of it is because I'm not experiencing the gratitude for what I have had, right? And the gratitude for the experiences that I have had. And now I know that when I'm going through, when I'm grieving again, I can lean on gratitude to help me through it. So it gives us a lot of insight just into how we can not cope. Cope is not really the right word, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think coping, coping gets us back into the numbing and like, yeah. yeah. You know, how, how we can go through those emotional experiences in the future when they come up again, because they will come up again in a healthier way. So rather than like being on Netflix and numbing and zoning out, I can lean on gratitude. Yeah. I like that. And two things that I want to mention from what you're talking about, the in the beginning, you were talking about like, you know, what what is the thing that I need to do to kind of move this through, right? And I'm of the perspective that not every tool, technique, strategy to move the emotions is necessarily going to be appropriate for every emotion. So yeah, what I'm thinking of is people, and I'm totally calling myself out on this because this was my pattern is like anything that I was feeling, whether it was grief, anger, sadness, whatever, I'd be like, I'm going to go work out. And that's me processing my emotions. (laughs) And that was really not me processing the emotions. That was me avoiding the emotions because it was uncomfortable and I didn't want to sit with it or look at it or, you know, learn from it, all the things. And so I think one thing that is, you know, important to talk more about as people who are really into, you know, you and I are both so into the emotional work and is to to help give people more tools and techniques that are not just these one things to and again, this is totally me calling myself out, but I just didn't know any better. You know, I wasn't taught to punch a pillow or scream or, you know, if you're angry, if you have a lot of rage, sure, maybe go do a boxing class or something like that. But maybe if you're really sad or grieving something or, you know, going and running maybe is not the perfect solution for that at the time. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But just to have more options, I think is, is important to talk more about in this space. I absolutely agree that there is never like a one size fits all for every emotion. And then there is also never, um, you know, one exact method that's it and I'll be all for everyone. And that is one of the things that I'm really, 
um, passionate about and talk a lot about when I'm working with clients and when I'm creating resources is a reminder that I think it is so beneficial to give people like templates that they can work off of and ideas for things because, you know, there's a lot of different things like even, you know, the screaming and the yelling, the crying, the dancing, whatever it is, those tend to work for a lot of different people, right? So we can say these are some examples of things to try, but that also doesn't mean that those things are going to be the best thing for you at any given time. And I think it's important for everyone, just like, you know, you would do with your physical health and your meal planning and your workouts. When you're looking at your emotional health and how to start really digging into that and, and helping to heal that aspect of who you are is that you can learn skills and learn methods for doing things, but keep in mind, that's always just going to be a template or a starting off point for you to help you kind of like get into the rhythm of it. But it is so important to always follow your own intuition and judgment about what works for you and what doesn't and not try to force the things that really don't feel like they're right for you. Yeah. I think that's super important and allowing them really to be our teachers and to, to remain curious and open. You know, one of the themes of <laughs> the show so far, I guess, is really asking questions about certain things. And often, you know, what I've talked about on other episodes is asking questions of ourselves and, you know, what do I want? Who am I? All of these things. But I think it's also, you know, to your point about what's the purpose of them and they're always trying to push us forward. It's to recognize and understand that they are coming up for a reason and it is to push you forward in whatever way that is to, you know, push you towards your purpose or the people that are aligned for you or, or any of these things. And so it's to remain open and curious about them. And I think to what you were just saying too, it's like, it's not necessarily going to be the same experience every time just because it's the same emotion. And, you know, to your point about transmuting, you know, grief into gratitude, maybe it's not going to be gratitude every time. So it's, it's never to like put rules or boxes or labels around any of it. It's to a, I think, explore all of the tools that are available for you. The ones that feel aligned to you, you know, the more tools in your toolbox, the better, because then you can pull from all of these, you know, maybe this one works for you right now, but it's not going to in the future. So it's just to have all those different tools, but also to, you know, like I've said a couple of times already, like remain open and curious about what they're teaching you and, and where they're trying to get you because they are always at the end of the day trying to support you and trying to help you in their own way, even if it's one that is, you know, quote unquote, undesirable or uncomfortable or any of those things. Absolutely. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to share about, you know, your kind of tools or your offerings or, um, you know, ways that you support people. I know you work a lot with um, other healers as well, which is pretty unique in this space. So anything else that you want to share about, you know, the stuff that you do? Sure, absolutely. So um, I am transitioning to offering more like trainings, courses and resources versus a lot of the one-to-one -one work with clients. One of the things that I have available currently is an online, it's a DIY self-paced course called the Emotional Alchemist. So it's a self-healing course. So this course is everything that I learned about how to start working with all of the trapped energy 
um, that we can have, including emotions that is impacting our emotional health. And it's the method that I used when I was just starting to work with kind of the energy of my emotions and starting to understand them more that really helped me get to the point that I am at now teaching you how to do it for yourself. <laughs> so the course is, I'm really proud of it because while it does give you the foundational information and skills and actual concrete steps that you can follow to start a practice with this, it is ultimately designed to help you start to open up and lean on your own intuition within your healing practice. So rather than just give you a bunch of steps and say, this is exactly how you do it. It's here are the steps to get you started kind of like training wheels, but we are always first connecting with your intuition and your body to start learning straight from there so that you can figure out the method that works exactly for you because we're all energy workers, whether we want to believe it or not. So it's the tools to start doing that. And then also designed to spark your own inner abilities there. Um, so that is the course that I have available currently. And then the other thing that I'm really excited about is it's called the Angel Activation Podcast, and which I'm just starting, um, but it's not a normal podcast. So I do share kind of like solo style short episodes where I'm sharing, you know, insights, about my own personal experience, um, mostly related to my experience as a healer, <laughs> becoming a healer, all the trials and tribulations therein. But each episode is actually a mini activation and energy healing session. So all of the healing energies that I channel when I'm doing healing work with clients, I channel through my voice. So whenever you listen to that recording, you are receiving those healing energies. And that is done with the intention of helping the listener to really um, connect with their own knowing about how the particular topic of that episode may relate to them and anything that they mean to they may need to dig into for their own healing related to the topic. And I'm working on a whole bunch of other things, <laughs> but, they're, but they're not out yet. Those are the two, two main things that are available right now. More to come for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that everything is, is really centered around, you know, empowering people to be their mm -hmm. own healers and to literally find what is, you know, correct for them. Um, listening to their own inner guidance first, because I think that's so, so important. And that's really like, where we're going, the way of the future uh -huh. sort of thing, if you will. Um, so I love that that is kind of the root of everything that you have so far. And I'm sure same for what's to come as well. Mm -hmm. So I just have two wrap up little fun questions okay. for you. Well, one of them's fun. One of them's like, plug yourself, but <laughs> the fun one <laughs> first. So every episode I share a what the fuck am I doing story or moment <laughs> or something like that. This kind of was inspired by, you know, nomad life. And I literally kind of don't know what the fuck I'm doing every day. So um, just a fun way to, you know, connect with people in that way. So I would love for you to share your own what the fuck am I doing moment story. Oh, my God. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. Putting you on the spot. Yeah. 
I would say, I think my biggest what the fuck am I doing moment was when I put in my resignation at my job as a psychologist. So I was, <laughs> I remember I have a photo of it, like a, of my bank account that day. Okay. Because I had $11.33 in my bank account, in my checking account, no money in my savings account. And I was like, looking at it, I was like, I'm resigning from my job today. I am not yet making enough money as a healer to support myself. And I'm also going to move from, I was living in the Bay Area in California at the time. I was like, I'm moving to San Diego. I'm going to leave my current lease. I'm going to sign a new lease. And I'm just going to do my thing. And I have no idea how any of this is going to work out, how any of this is going to happen. Probably about to shit your pants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, but I just knew, you know, it was like one of those moments, like when you just know, you know, right? Like, I don't know how the hell this is going to work. And I'm terrified to like tell my family that I'm doing this. (laughs) Or anyone, I'm sure, like all the judgment and the literally, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and I'm looking at, like, I'm literally sitting and I'm looking at my bank account balance and I'm like, oof. That ain't angel numbers. Yes. But the number is a little low to be making a decision like this. Like I have no backup. I have no backup. And, you know, but I just knew I was like, I'm making the decision. This is what I'm doing. And I'm leaping. And it felt like jumping literally into the abyss. (laughs) (laughs) But the universe caught you. (laughs) Yeah. The universe caught me. And I look back on that and I'm like, how? who was that? How was I so like trusting and like courageous enough to do that when I was looking at like the physical reality of the situation of, you know, for me, the biggest thing was the money. Um, I'm like, wow, it's just such a reminder for me when I need that like inspiration again. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Despite every circumstance being like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I can do it. yeah yeah you can do the scary thing I love this example so much because it's literally like proof for people that when you follow what you're supposed to be doing follow the nudges follow the pings you know not only will you be supported because I feel like a lot of people would have looked hell a year ago I probably would have looked at my bank account if that were my bank account and been like no I can't do it I'm there nope there's no way you know, because we tell ourselves all these stories about why we're not safe to do the thing, how we're not going to be supported. You know, nobody else is doing it this way. So I'm not going to do it. Like whatever these stories are, we get so stuck in them and then we don't move forward, even though we know deep down, like maybe it's your gut, maybe it's your heart. Like you just have this internal knowing that's like, I'm supposed to do this, but so many of us stop ourselves. So I just think that's such a beautiful example to like, trust that you a are going to be supported because you have been so supported in your your you know journey with this but also like you're bigger than your fear you're more powerful than you fear like your decision when you're following that knowing i don't even know what i'm trying to say but like it it will work out just like have that deep trust like you're given that nudge for a reason and if you keep following the nudges it's not going to make any sense half the time but you'll be held. You, you literally will be held. Um, and that's been my experience over and over again too. So I really, really love that example. And 
Last but not least, I would love for you to just let everybody know where they can connect with you, find you, all the good things. Yeah. So right now, the number one way to connect with me and see, you know, be kept up to date (laughs) on everything I'm doing and offering is through Instagram. Um, So you can find me at jamie.spiritualrebel. So I always, that's kind of the first place that I will share any of new offerings. And there are links to everything that I offer through my bio there. And yeah, I'm just excited to kind of meet and connect with everyone. And yeah. Yeah. All the things. Um, Well, we'll have your handle and all that good stuff in the show notes. Everybody can find you, connect with you. Um, Jamie's amazing. So you should definitely reach out. And yeah, that's that's it for me. So thank you so, so much for being here. Yes. So appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jamie. I would love to hear what you think. You can always, you know, DM me over on Instagram or DM Jamie. I'm sure she would love to hear from you. And last but not least, musing of the week. So I was getting breakfast with a friend the other day. Actually, kind of funny. We ended up getting the exact same meal, like same breakfast, same latte, different milk, different, well, I guess alternative milk. But I think that was pretty much the only thing that we got different. Uh, Totally unplanned. Very hilarious. But one of the things that we were talking about when we got this latte, it was this salted caramel ice latte, super delicious, not too sweet, so good. 10 out of 10 would have it again. 10 out of 10 almost ordered a second one in that same breakfast. But anyway, we were talking about how it always is just so much better when somebody else makes it for you, whether it's a latte or honestly, just whether it's any other meal. I feel like even if I'm using the same ingredients, like the same espresso, the same milk, the same whatever, it just doesn't taste the same. I always kind of assume it's just the gratitude component for someone else making it for you. And I so deeply appreciate, you know, the baristas. I was one myself back in the day, so I totally get it. And the chefs and even the servers who bring you all of the things, I'm just so deeply grateful for them doing that because I just, I love not doing it. (laughs) But I'm curious to hear what you think. If you also agree that it always just tastes better when somebody else makes it for you, or if you're more of a fan of, you know, making it yourself and you think it's better to like serve yourself in that way, maybe not better, but um, the taste factor anyway. So curious to hear what you think. Let me know. As always, if you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me grow the show. It helps me get amazing guests on. And I have a treat for you, actually, if you do rate and review. If you take a screenshot of it, you can DM it to me over at uh, my Instagram or on my Instagram. And I have created a super secret special playlist for the podcast private. Only people who rate and review and send me that screenshot can have access. I had so much fun creating it. So I'd love to share it with you. So that is my gift to you in, you know, response for, in gratitude for you helping me grow the show. Uh, Also reminder, if you have a, what the fuck am I doing story of your own to submit, you can DM that to me as well. And you will have a chance to be featured 
on the show can be totally anonymous. Doesn't have to be linked to your name, but it's kind of fun to hear your funny stories on the show as well. So just wanted to remind you of that. And I think that is it for me today. So I will see you here next week with another episode. Again, so grateful to you for tuning in. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.